welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. How you doing? I'm doing great, and I think, if I remember correctly, we're on episode two of a more or less three-part series on uh, creating alignment. That's right. And uh, last week we talked about the importance of alignment. Uh, we talked about the need for the big arrow, the overriding goal that everyone's committed to. Um, but then we said that uh, there's some challenges about getting to alignment and uh, that uh, fundamentally there was often this problem of resistance to alignment and that uh, this week we're going to talk about a little about the types of resistance. And uh, we're going to talk about resistance in two types. And this is something uh, that we got from Dr. David Burns in the Feeling Good podcast, uh, link in the show notes as, as usual. And he talks about resistance in two different types, which is uh, process resistance and outcome resistance. And the difference between these is that uh, people with uh, outcome resistance, in a sense, they don't really want the outcome. And in process resistance, they don't really want to do the work. And uh, it's useful in your own work to overcome resistance, to figure out what uh, what type of resistance you're facing with. And I know, Scroll, you, you've developed a, a very useful tool that you use. Indeed. The tool consists of the pen that I usually carry in my pocket. And what I'll do is I'll pull out my pen and I'll say, this is my magic wand. And what we're going to do is achieve the outcome that we're talking about, whatever the, the goal is. Usually in this case, it's alignment. So we'll, we'll all be aligned. We'll be headed to the same outcome. We'll be headed to the same goal. We'll have that big arrow. And I'm just going to wave my wand here and then we, we will be aligned. It's great. And I wave my pen and mysteriously nothing happens. And I say, oh, well, my, my magic wand must be broken. But, but if it had worked, how would you feel about it? And that's very helpful for discovering whether people are interested in that outcome. And surprisingly, often people say that either they're not interested in the outcome or they would love to get it, but they don't want to go through the process other than using a magic wand to get to it. And that's the two different types of resistance. This sounds like a very useful general purpose tool. This magic wand that you have uh, works with a lot of things other than uh, just alignment. It does. <laughs> but uh, for today's purpose, we'll limit it to just that. So people who don't really want uh, alignment. That that's really odd. It seems unintuitive to me that people would would not want it. But you say you've come across organizations where that's the the case. Absolutely, and they tend to be these theory X organizations. So we've talked in previous podcasts about theory X and theory Y. Link in the show notes to the Wikipedia article. The notion is that theory X organizations believe that people need to be pushed and cajoled and uh, threatened in order to produce good outcomes, and theory why organizations believe that people have intrinsic motivation. And uh, there are many folks, of course, who have a, a who espouse a theory why approach, but actually act in a theory X way. The magic wand technique d distinguishes the people who actually are willing to say, and they're rare in my experience. I tend not to work with so many of them, and, and they tend not to survive in startup land very often. But there are folks who, who adopt a theory X approach. We don't need alignment. That, again, it's, it's surprising. I think it's probably from my uh, self-selected context in the same way. Although once we talk about it and describe it that way, it makes more sense that you will have people who are very hierarchical and see other people just cogs in the machine. And, and they, they really wouldn't want to delegate uh, authority and, or, and have empowerment in the organization, which is part of the value of alignment here. Would, if we're aligned, then we trust people to make decisions independently 
and we get the value from that. And people with a theory X mindset fundamentally do not trust others to act independently. That, that violates their theory. The whole idea was you, you can't have people running around doing their own things. You need everyone to be following orders. And uh, if it's the order model, you really don't need alignment about what we're doing and why, what all the context is. That seems like a very inefficient way to work with really just, you know, why don't you just do what I tell you to do? Mm -hmm. And of course, it can come from the other side as well. So it can be that the leaders of the organization would like more delegation and more authority and the people within the organization just say, just tell me what to do. That's true also. And I think there are times where that's just, it just seems easier to people. <laughs> you know, why don't you just tell me what to do and then it'll be done and, and uh, I have a lot less at risk and I can just do my job and go home. But I thought of another type of outcome resistance. Uh, one is this hierarchical model between sort of leaders and followers uh, where people on either side of that divide might not want alignment. But we also uh, came across examples of where it's a, maybe not about relative levels of hierarchy, but maybe separate hierarchies and more the classic silos where uh, people in different uh, functional silos are not aligned with other people in the organization. You know, sort of like, well, those people can do what they want. And don't see the value of doing so. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, I think one of the classic ones, DevOps is so popular now. And this might be an example where pre-DevOps, it was very common for the development organization and the operations people to have very different motivations and very different outcomes. So they were very much not aligned. You might have development it classically was driving towards maybe faster, more frequent delivery. And you had operations who had the value of stability. And they, they were simply not aligned in the outcomes and, and from either side may not have seen the value of being aligned. Maybe a case of, look, that's, they can do what they want, but our job here in operations is to make sure that the site stays up, that we hit our SLAs, and that's all that really matters. That's sort of a horizontal misalignment so that somebody above both of them might say, this is stupid that they keep fighting or working <laughs> at cross purposes, but the individuals at that level believe that alignment isn't actually necessary or valuable. That's right. So that's that's a bit about outcome resistance. Um, tell me a little bit more about this processed resistance. Yep. So this is more common that I encounter. At least people espouse this more frequently. They'll say, yep, it would be great if we could be aligned. If your magic wand gets fixed, you know, when you send it into the shop, please come back and wave it. That, that would be <laughs> super. But for one reason or another, we actually don't need it that badly. So the, the process that we'd go through to get to alignment, we don't really need that. And one common experience there is somebody who says, well, delegation, that's just not something we're able to do here. My team's very junior. They're not as knowledgeable about this industry. I've got one example where the founder has worked for 20 years in a particular industry and is super knowledgeable about it. No one else in the whole company has that level of information or knowledge, and most of them have never touched this industry at all before. So this founder quite understandably says, Look, I, I couldn't get them to align. Uh, it would, or if I did, I'd have to give them such uh, massive levels of information and knowledge and so on that it, we'd never get finished. So, because I'm the one who has the industry experience, they should follow me. Yeah, this is this is the it's too expensive uh, type of resistance. 
uh, of course they could learn, you know, know what I know, but it took me 20 years. And even if I can, you know, help them learn it in two. We haven't got two years. We need to deliver this product by the conference next month. That's right. Because if we think back to the, to where uh, David Burns talks about this in the therapy context, you know, he used, the example might be someone who wants to, you know, says, says one thing, but then doesn't follow through. So they, they claim, oh yes, I want to uh, maybe lose a lot of weight, but then they, they're not interested in, in taking the time to diet. Uh, or they say they want to be fitter, but don't take the time to exercise. And they have a lot of reasons and excuses why. It's just not convenient uh, right now. But they'd be perfectly happy if you waved the magic wand and made them thinner. <laughs> that would be okay. But actually doing stuff about it, that, that's too far. That's too much. Doesn't fit. That's too much. This type of, um, uh, you know, we don't have time uh, seems, you know, very uh, directly related to that. Now, you also had an, uh, described another type of resistance because we talked a lot uh, when we were doing our um, Agile principles about the value of experimentation and uh, early learning. And yet you tell me that you sometimes get resistance to this as well. Absolutely. So one of the things you'd have to do when you align is you might have to change your mind. You might have to think differently about something. And one reason you might change your mind is because you learned new information. And we shouldn't be at all surprised that human beings resist learning. So the kind of thing that you'd hear would be, well, actually, we already know all the information. Sure, we could do a whole bunch of experiments and we could talk to a bunch of users and so on. But look, we already know the right thing to do. Here it is. It's just so obvious. Look how obvious it is that this is the right thing to do. So what we just need is for everyone else. And of course, it's, it's very convenient how it comes out this way. And you can kind of look from the outside and laugh, but I'm, I'm sure I've done this as well. It would just be easier if everybody else other than me just agreed with my <laughs> point of view, which is obviously right. And then we wouldn't have to do all this experimenting and learning and checking data and stuff. It's just obvious. Yes, we do laugh. And yet uh, we do know that this is a, a perfectly normal, natural human uh, reaction. And, and we've talked in the past about the book, Thinking Fast and Slow, and the various cognitive biases people have. And uh, that's the, one of the most uh, pernicious biases is just the feeling that we're uh, correct <laughs> that if we have a coherent story, then a coherent story is basically the same as a correct one. Uh, and in in re in reality, it often is. But when it's not, we we don't we think that we would have a sort of a sense that we were wrong, um, and that that would be the time where we would invest in the learning. But the reality is, we don't have that special sense, and we have the exact same type of confidence. Uh, when we're right and when we're wrong, and therefore we have this resistance to learning because we just don't we don't see the need, uh, and I mean, so why go through all the trouble? Makes perfect sense. Kahneman at one point in the book I remember says, "If you don't remember anything else from this book, I hope that you'll remember that the next time you're really sure that something is right and it's a coherent story and you came up with it quickly and it's obviously correct, that you'll immediately think, now I need to go and check." <laughs> Absolutely. And it also describes, he also describes how painful and difficult this is to actually do. Exactly, which is why people don't, and why, although he wishes that was true for everyone, it's um, very commonly not. That's right. In both cases, again, I think we're talking about resistance that often happens from uh, more of the leaders, people with um, who are the, the managers or founders or CEOs. Um, but again, we can have resistance from the other side. We can have resistance about going through the process of alignment um, from the, the worker side, I, I find this uh, in several cases where it's due to a sort of world weariness. 
hey, you know, we we did that alignment stuff last month and two years ago and three years ago. And, you know, just every time we get a new manager, he does a whole bunch of stuff. Just somebody tell me what to do. Uh, I don't think we're ever <laughs> going to get aligned on this. They always have their stupid ideas up there in management. I actually had a person telling me this recently. He said uh, he's a delivery driver. And uh, he said, there are people who uh, manage me and they just sit around and drink coffee all day. And uh, they have no idea what my life is like out here actually driving a delivery van. So uh, I never listen to them. You know, whatever they tell me to do, I, I do what I'm what makes sense for me. But we're not aligned at all. And that's just fine because uh, all they do is sit around and drink coffee. And if you have that kind of attitude, you're unlikely to create alignment. That's right, and uh, at, and and that's kind of a defensive measure that people have taken uh, on themselves. So they they've the context they're in have led them to the idea that uh, any effort spent on alignment would be wasted. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think it's that's a it, that's probably something in, in the startup organizations that you're often in is maybe might be less common. Although perhaps maybe you see it when when there's a frequent change of direction. Mm -hmm. um, but at the large organizations, I think this is going to be very very common. I know when I was. Um, did some consulting with some people around ad adopting uh, developer testing. Uh, my my goal was to talk to to the people privately and hear what they had to say, and and I almost universally got some a skepticism, uh, which is oh this is the latest fad in a year. All they'll care about is that did we deliver? <laughs> so, you know we'll, we'll go to the meetings, we'll go to the training, but as soon as this is uh, we're, we're back at our desks, we're going to do what we know how to do, uh, deliver what what we what we need to deliver, and you know, that'll be the end of it. So very much the same uh, mindset as your uh, delivery driver, all the earnestness in the world on the part of the manager wasn't uh, appealing to them given their context. Yep. So I wonder what you think, uh, and if you might be able to help me out a little bit. So I've got a, a, a recent client who has a similar kind of situation. I'm, I'm curious where you might think the resistance is. Can, can I tell you this story? Yeah, please. So I, I turn up to the client and I say, gee, I've talked to everybody. I did sort of like you did. You were just talking about where I talk to people privately and I get a sense for what's going on at the client. And I say, boy, it really doesn't seem, especially like even the two founders here are aligned. I'm, I'm really concerned that th there are different messages coming out from the two founders and therefore this is confusing the rest of the organization. Mm. And the two founders uh, certainly definitely said, yeah, we're completely aligned. We we have it all clear. We hold all hands and we make sure everybody knows what's happening. We Everybody's clear on the deadline that we have for this new thing we're doing, the new project we're, that we have underway. It's all very clear. I said, boy, that's really not what I'm hearing on the ground. <laughs> then they continued to say, this is, this is really what's happening. We're definitely aligned. Don't worry. There's nothing to do here. We already are aligned. The outcome is great. So it sounds like it's not outcome resistance. Mm -hmm. we're, but the good news is we're already aligned. Then I held a session in which we were discussing the, the new project and the second item that people listed as the obstacle to achieving the goals that we had was we're not hearing that it's a focus from the founders and they don't come to the relevant phone calls. They don't tell us to prioritize one over another. The, it's, it's not at all clear that we should be working toward this outcome. Mm. And the founders actually found that quite hard to hear, but they're taking some steps to address that and more clearly communicate their wish for alignment on the priority of this new project, for example. So mm -hmm. I'm curious, where, where do you see that resistance? Well, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, I, I like that example because it, it uh, captures things that we've talked about before. I think it will be a good lead into our next episode um, mm. uh, when we talk about how to take steps towards alignment because it sounds like that's mm -hmm. you 
started getting there. And I think what we, we brings in a little bit is sort of that cognitive uh, bias again, where they've agreed on some things, uh, and that it probably they have, they have some things that they agree on <clears throat> and, um, but they don't necessarily agree on what important words mean, mm. uh, um, not maybe with each other, but with the, uh, all the rest of the staff, when they say you aren't aligned, they, they think of that conversations they have where they agree on things, but mm. what the, um, people are saying is we're hearing different messages and that's, that's sort of a, a different level of discussion. So in, in their heads, they may have some picture that they, th and they think the picture is the same, but they aren't realizing that they're using different words with people. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're getting to sort of, uh, like their own confidence and projection. This is kind of an example. I'd say this most like the resistance to experimental learning. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they feel confident that they know what, what they, uh, what they need and they just need everyone else to listen to them closer. <laughs> Indeed. I already explained this a couple months ago. We held the all hands. I'm not sure why anybody would think that it's not clear that we're doing this. However, right. when you go out and do some experiments by actually asking people, you find out that's not what they think at all. Yeah. And that's the idea is that this experimental method that we brought up is important in product development is going to be really the core of how we're going to move towards alignment is mm -hmm. we're going to treat this as an experiment and we're going to be gathering data and looking at specific uh, elements. And um, uh, that's going to be how we move ahead. Um, I think it's worth saying that what, what wouldn't work um, it, with your founders or other people where you have this resistance is just um, being frustrated with people. And uh, the way that you um, help people overcome their own resistance is just that they, they, the change has to come from them. These founders need to have their own motivation to uh, overcome their own resistance. And same for people who are within their organizations who might have world weariness or uh, cynicism like the delivery driver. That, that's right. Just telling him, you should, you should really spend more time with those managers. They're really great. Yeah. You, 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 you like them. <laughs> Let me get in my van. Actually, you, you, you laugh, but I, I, that's exactly what I hear people say. Uh, oh, exactly. No, I'm laughing because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, these, are, these people you're frustrated with, they're really great people. And really, if, just, if you just learn to see them differently, well, this, just, this is not a very um, appetizing sales pitch. It, it doesn't work. It, it does not work. It works just as well as my magic wand. It, exactly, yes. Tell, telling people that they just you know, need to um, do something doesn't work. If we go back to the therapy example, telling people that, well, if you want to be fitter, what you need to do is you know, just start exercising more. Yeah, let me give you an exercise plan. You see, if you just did it every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that doesn't produce the, the outcome you're looking for. And of course, we're being very mean to our listeners because we're not going to tell them how to overcome resistance this time. <laughs> That's in part three. But hopefully they hear this and they, it resonates with them and they can think of examples where they have encountered resistance. And uh, if they do, of course, we would love to hear from them. And if they have any sort of puzzles, well, what kind of resistance is this? Or is this resistance? Am I understanding resistance correctly? If they want to test their understanding with us, then uh, emailing us would be fantastic. We would love to get some examples from people and the resistance that they're facing troubleshootingagile.com as always. So next time we'll go on to overcoming resistance with empathy and mutual learning. But until then, Jeffrey, thanks very much for an entertaining episode. Thanks, Will. <laughs>